glancing briefly at his countrymen. I do not believe that Lebray is here in a political capacity. You know who his uncle is. I do not. Pierre Lebray, the very same. Through this relative, our observer has a personal relationship with the Minister of National Defense, de Gaulle. I do not see... But the captain put up his hand and shook his heavy head. Until this evening, monsieur... As the scientists turned to leave the cramped cabin, the captain spoke again. Since we have broached the subject of politics, he said, you might gratify my curiosity on one subject. Monsieur Jutti and Gatwala turned back to face him. You are Indian nationals. I commend the advances your nation has made, certain advances in atomic technology. I can see why you might wish to develop these advances aboard a craft of a more advanced Western nation, rather than one of the as-yet-rudimentary Indian Navy. But I am curious why you brought your technological expertise to my nation. Would not the British Royal Navy have welcomed you enthusiastically? Perhaps they would, said Jutti dryly. So... Captain, said Jutti, again giving his compatriot a brief queer look. You are perhaps aware of the reputation of Pierre Loti. Loti? The sailor, of course. He was a celebrated naval officer, agreed Jutti, but also a writer of genius. Fifty years ago he published a book called L'Inde sans les Anglais, India without the English. Reading that book as a young man had, shall we say, a profound influence upon me. Fifty years ago, said the captain. He sniffed. Very well. I do not wish to initiate a political discussion. I care only for loyalty. Loyalty, said Jutti, is a political word. But Cloche had turned his face away, pretending to busy himself with his logbook. The men left the cabin. The day was spent in simple maneuvers, dives to a hundred feet or so and resurfacings. Surfacing is more of a problem for submarines than many people realize, or to be precise, the problem is in surfacing too rapidly, for too eager a buoyancy can propel a submarine salmon-like into the air to crash back down again. In such a circumstance, the blow places unhealthy strains upon the superstructure and can disarrange the pattern of hull plates, which in turn can provoke catastrophe when the vessel resubmerges. Indeed, after the loss of the plongeur, the official inquiry specifically considered whether initial maneuvers had caused any such flaw to appear in the skin or ballast tanks of the craft. But there was no evidence of anything out of the ordinary, and the last two messages received from Captain Cloche reported his perfect satisfaction with both the ongoing exercises and the health of his vessel. Eventually the day's exercises were completed. Since the seas were calm, and since it is difficult for even the most sophisticated submarine to maintain horizontal trim whilst underwater, the plongeur surfaced for the night. Tables were laid for the evening meal. The captain's nook, compact as a wall-set table in an underground cafe, was crowded. Cloche himself was there, of course, as well as Boucher, and the taciturn engineer Castor, and the two scientists Jutti and Gatwala. In addition, the government officer Lebray was present. Matelot Panier served the food. Eat as much as you can, said Panier, stacking empty soup bowls along his left arm while distributing the